Ah, that was the one. Oh, that was the man. one. That has almost four billion yeah. plays. It's Monday, December 21st. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, fellas? I can't see. Oh, you're covering your eyes? Because <laughs> I'm covering my eyes. But it's going good. We can you see can each other on the now. show now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we have three things for this day in tech history today. Okay. Three. Which one y'all want to hear first? How how do we quantify that? Number <laughs> the second one. You want to hear the, the first second one? one? Not the last one. Second okay. one. Okay. So the second one is on this day in 1968, Apollo 8 launched Cape Canaveral, Florida, Ooh. departed for departed for the moon's orbit. Which this was the first uh, time humans went around the far side of the moon. I'll say the far side of the moon is to the dark side of the moon because anyone that actually pays attention, you'll realize that the dark side of the moon actually does get light from the sun whenever it goes around that side. Uh, we just never see the reflection from that side of the moon. There is a difference. But anyway, Ooh. so that was December 21st, 1968. Uh, and on Christmas Eve, by that time, the astronauts entered into orbit around the moon and became the first manned spacecraft ever to do so. Pretty cool. They did that. Okay, so Aaron, I know you did some research into the Flat Earth Society. Is the moon also (laughs) flat? (laughs) I wanted to see how crazy these people were, and they are so crazy, dude. So crazy. How do they reconcile this? It's craziness. But I don't know. Uh, Oh no, I do know. They don't see. (laughs) So, so the moon isn't. It it isn't an object. It's a. It's like um. If if you look at a snow, it's like a snow globe is how they describe it. And so the moon is just a dot that on the snow globe. It's not, it's not a oh, thing. It's oh. not a space body. It's on the canvas. It's Hold on the on. canvas that is outer space. Yeah, that's how they... What? No, don't ask me questions. You guys made fun of me for looking into this. You, you don't get to ask me questions now. I want one on the can, show. And I'm gonna. <laughs> you want one of these people on I, the show? I want one on the show. More than anything else, I Dude, think. it's so crazy. <laughs> it is so crazy. I don't... I feel like I would probably have a visceral reaction uh, to a number of statements made. I don't know that that's safe for me mentally. It's okay, Tyler. You can, it's you really can bad, dude. Listen, you it's can really just, bad. I'm not. Skip that yeah, show. yeah. Because that's me. I can just listen. So I feel like I feel like after playing a bunch of video games growing up, I can I can picture like I have a really high level of spatial awareness, and this sounds like I'm bragging about my mental capability or something. I'm not. Just, I'm just advocating for I'm advocating for video games. That's, that's what I'm up. doing here. So. Everything you do is a lot of maps. There's a lot of like understanding worlds and all this kind of stuff. And so it works really well whenever you think about space and, and how all this kind of stuff works. And I literally tried to get my brain to think about it the way that they think about it. And my brain hurt. Like the inside of my brain hurt trying to, okay, trying to get spatially aware of how they turtle? It's turtles all the way down. I know. Where's the first turtle? I just, how do you get to the first turtle? I don't know. Oh, it's under. Clearly. It's underneath. Moving on. I'm done with this. I'm sorry I brought it up. I'm angry now. Dude, the craziest thing about it is they see Antarctica. So if you take the globe and you're just to flatten it out, the North Pole's in the middle, and Antarctica is a ring around the edge. It's just like a snow globe. And that's what prevents. But you warp yourself from one side to the other? What do you mean? No, it's it's a ring that goes around. I, I this, get we should not keep you, going into this, dude. It's wait crazy. a minute. Go is in it, a straight is it flat line, horizontally, or is it vertically? Yeah, 
No, it's flat horizontally. Well, it doesn't matter, but it's flat horizontally. It, it matters. matters for the sun. No, but the sun, the sun the moves also around. just Dude, a projection. why are y'all making me do this? Don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> no sense. <laughs> <laughs> they see it they see I it as a lamp you seem to so, understand what their actual perspective is. no i do i looked at i looked into what how long how many what hours? are they saying how, many, how long did no you just like this? 45 minutes just trying to find as many facts as i possibly could so in 45 minutes facts. I this strong well word there yeah yeah facts quote unquote is what i'm saying I'm no they see the sun as like a this this lamp that moves around different parts of the flat earth ah right lamp well played. That's how they see it. That's how you F have the ears, the kind of stuff. fears. Anyway, okay. Don't ask me anything else about that. Where <laughs> were we? We were, <laughs> we were on this day in tech history. Okay, close your eyes because I'm going to ask you some questions on this one. Don't okay. look at the screen. Don't look okay. at the screen. Okay. I've, I've minimized and minimized and minimized. We're December 21st, 1937. There was a famous mm. uh, Disney movie that premiered. Do you want to guess which one it was? Uh, Steamboat Willie. Snow White. Okay. Oh, wow. Snow White premiered, you said? 1937. Wow. Really? Yep. So That's it was wild. the first... I would not have guessed that. The first full-length animated feature film taking three years and nearly $1.5 million from 1937. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It was a massive amount. Do we have right? math yeah. there? What's that well, today's? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But Walt Disney had to mortgage his house to help finance the film. You said 1.37? 1.5 million dollars in 1937. Oh, What's yeah, that yeah, in today's yeah. dollars? Uh, just move on. I'm going to try and figure it out. Okay. But, uh, yeah. All right. So here's the third one. Here's the third one. So the very first YouTube video to hit 1 billion views was on this day in 2012. You want to guess which one it was? Wait. wait so hold on. Say, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Are you still looking up the dollar stuff? I, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could not. It's $27.5 million, by the way. There you go. That's like a typical blockbuster these days, right? That's actually kind of low. So it's really not that Tens bad. Tens of millions? I was going to say. Yeah, but you got to understand the return. Like, what is the return on, <laughs> bro, you know, on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Yeah. Dude. You know, we have, yeah, we have movies that cost a billion in the first day. So, you know, it's... Yeah. Yeah. It was still crazy, especially during the time period. 1937, not great economically. So, yeah, just saying. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's crazy. But it also makes me wonder how large Walt Disney's house was that he mortgaged it to get the is big. Huge. Was it already? Did he have uh, a sizable sum of money? That or it was, uh, he had, he had yeah, good, land. Yeah. good land. Good <laughs> land. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. What was this next one again? The, again? the third one. First YouTube video to hit one billion views was on this day in 2012. You want to guess which one it was? Gosh. It was it that is this real life kid? Because that would make me happy. I what, was thinking wait, it was 2012. Is it a is it a kid based video? No. Oh well, then yeah, I'm out. Okay. Uh, I, I thought for sure it was. I, I had a few in my mind. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> that I'm, it up I'm gonna play it. Hold on. <laughs> Why? Hold on. I'm gonna play it. Okay. I gotta figure out how to share computer sound. There we go. Okay. You uh, ready for this? I can yeah. see it. I've been robbed. That's phenomenal. Oh, you know what? Good for him. Gundam Star. <laughs> Ah, oh, that was the one. Oh, that was the man. one. That has almost four billion yeah. plays. So if you look at this, so that was four that was December twenty first, 
That was December 21st. It was released. It was published July 15th, 2012. So Holy in less cow. than six months, it got a billion views. And wow. since then, only another, you know, 2.9 billion. Only another 2.9 <laughs> billion. Get the <laughs> app out of here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, fun facts for you. Wasn't, All right. Isn't there, there's some history about that. Like the whole thing was a joke or something. Someone basically said, you can't do this. And he did it. And it was hugely successful. Unless I'm confusing Gangnam Style for something else. Gang, Gangnam <clears throat> Style? I said that wrong. I Gang, Gangnam? I've been saying it wrong too. Gangnam? I, I had Gangnam? a D. I threw an extra D sound. I've been saying the there's, there's not a singular no D cell sound. I know that's what I'm saying. I, I, just, I threw, well, it's, it's extra. It's superfluous. It is what it is. I don't right. know where it came from or why. We got to get to the tech. I want to ask a question. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. This guy. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no What's Googling. Up, no Googling. Okay, I'm not Googling. Oh, no. What do you think the number one most viewed YouTube video is? Oh, it's esports. I know what the number uh, one most disliked. Not, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and disappointingly say it's not. Oh, not even want to know then. The number one most watched? Is that what you said? Yeah, most views, yeah. Most and I'll give you the views. number. Actually, you want to is guess it music? the is it, is it a music video? Uh, there's music in it. <laughs> okay. Uh, guess the number in billions. So I'll say... Oh my gosh. I'll say like 12, close, approaching 12 billion total views. It's funny. You were, I don't know if I was guessing this as well, even though I'm looking at the number, but I thought you were going to say 12 billion. It's not, it's 7.5. 7.5 billion. Okay. Um, but Still yeah, it's, I, I also gravitated towards the number 12 for some reason. It is hmm. baby shark dance. Yes! That's, <laughs> awesome. That's hilarious. Wow. Okay. Oh, man. Yep. Let's see. Baby this. Shark Dance. 7.4 billion. Oh, no. Views. Don't do it. I don't want to see it. Ah. Can't handle it. I can't. can't take it. My kids did not get into Baby Shark that much. They played it for like two months. All right. Uh, there was actually there was a baseball player that used this as his uh, walk-on music. Uh, yes. Played for the Rangers. Yes, I, I recall it was happened. his son's favorite song. Anyway, all right, there we need to get to the tech news. Baseball. Let's do it. We're, Let's get to we're halfway through the show. What's the point? We should just cut it off right there. <sighs> all right, I, I got the first thing. Okay, go. <laughs> bring it. We've, talk, bring we've it. talked about it before, at least to some mm -hmm. degree. Do you guys remember the story about the hyper-realistic masks? Yes. The one they, that Aaron yeah. said they have they formally gone on sale in Japan. The, the one in Japan? Yeah, dude. Yeah. What's yeah. the repercussions here? Japan. Uh, I mean, all sorts of things are the repercussions. I just saw the, the, the wearing someone else's face, hyper-realistic masks go on sale in Japan. So they, they have made it to general availability. Uh, at this point okay, I know we have a few listeners in Japan. If you would like to come on the show, talk about this. What is the, so, the, the social and no. cultural impact of this? We'd Only love if they it. own a face, not their face. <laughs> Only if you own a face, somebody else's face. I'm just kidding. We'd oh, like to talk about it anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you bought somebody's face, then you get to double be awesome on the show. I don't actually yeah. know how to quantify how cool that would be. Yeah, that is crazy. Every time I see this, which is now twice, um, it blows my mind. 
uh, <laughs> to, to just see what's what's going on here. So yeah, just thought we'd revisit that topic from the beginning. And it's just as crazy from, I think, the American point of view. Um, so yeah, I agree. If we do have someone that can explain sort, sort of the cultural relevance here and, and if this is going to be a thing, you know, I'm curious. Uh, it'd be great. It'd be awesome. Yeah. I can't imagine anything about that ever going wrong. It'll be fine. Mm, yeah, mm. shared a ton of ton of thoughts on that. I don't think. Um, Here's I mean, a question: yeah. What's worse, this or deep fakes? I think they're both Depends. bad, but I think this one in public. The, I mean, the, the challenge that I have with it, my biggest struggle is that you're going Bank to have robbery. people who don't have. Well, I mean, regardless, you're going to have people that are struggling for money that will go and sell their face because they get 380 bucks or whatever yeah, instantly. I right. And you'll have people that have a plethora of cash that are buying poor people's faces. And then it's this weird, like posts, post, whatever think, you want to call it. I mean, I think this is work, but I, th- I think that deep fakes are unfortunately going to have a broader negative impact. And that, that doesn't mean they can't have a positive one either. Don't get me wrong. Both of these things are probably cool in their own right and have upsides. But the downsides to both is that humans are really bad at making judgment calls. And if you wear <laughs> someone else's face, a lot of people are going to be confused and it's not going to end the way that it should. It's just going to end the way it does. And that will not always be positive. And deepfakes are the same problem, except I'm hopeful that we can use AI and something generative to fight against it, which will be easier to do because you'll you'll be able to feed deepfakes or all video content, audio content through machines that are more likely to be able to prove it you know, is fake. And then at least there's a chance to come back and revise it. The only way you get that when you're wearing other people's faces is to have a big brother like network of cameras that allows for the content to be fed back into the machine to determine whether or not that's a fake face. And I don't like that. Dude, I'll say it. Everything that you're saying right now is more cyberpunk 2077 than cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) I was was like, this sounds like something from cyberpunk. Dude, what a letdown of a game. First of all, oh. man, I, I have seen, I saw, read an article about that yesterday or the day before. It was like, this was supposed to be the biggest game of the year and it's the biggest letdown of the year. First of all, it's still the biggest game of the year. So yeah. for sure, for sure. Say, and the other one what? is, is like, yes, the PS4 and the Xbox One have struggled with bugs there. But like every other platform that plays it, including, by the way, their yeah. successors it works fine on. So it's just, uh, I I recognize that big market and that's a major issue, but like that game works and is successful. And it's fun. I haven't played it. Yeah, I haven't played it. You guys, you guys, I'm going to say, so I have played it a little bit. Is Is it more than GTA sometimes? And it's enjoyable. I don't know. I don't care. This is, this is probably my favorite part about this is that I don't play every video game released. And just like movies, I try not to pay attention to other people's reviews or what's happening. I just walk in and decide whether or not I like it. And it's a fun game. Mad respect. (laughs) All right. Russ is cheering for that one. Yes. Drives me crazy. Especially because reviewers of movies are insane. They don't like movies that are, that are fun. They only like well, movies for like scholastically graded different things. <laughs> okay. Oh my like, gosh. It, it's like Rotten Tomatoes is particularly good if you just want an at a glance, but it's like you can't trust whether it's the official reviewers and the quality of the tomato or the, the viewership rating, which is like a thing of popcorn, right? Some of my favorite movies have absolute catastrophic reviews on both sides, whether there's something academically wrong with the way they did story arcs 
literally don't care, or someone doesn't like it because they had too much of some socially hot button issue in it. And so half of it is just like the opposite of astroturfing. None of it matters to me. I get, I get mad when I watch a movie with my parents and they'll dwell on the screen before you start it in Netflix. It actually has a description of the movie. I'm like, stop. Yeah. You got the title. There's a face on the thing. We don't know if it's about aliens. We don't know yeah. if it's about hot dog stands. We don't know if it's going to be the best <laughs> or the worst sci-fi action always, romance ever. And I've it doesn't matter. Just start you. it. And five yeah. minutes into the movie, you can decide whether or not it was a bad decision and you should do something different. Or it's bad enough to be in your B-movie reel that gets played every year because it's so bad it's good. Or, or it, it ends up being a complete waste of two hours or a decent movie. or like it, it, you, It's an adventure. Yeah. But if you That's read it. the reviews, and God help you if you watch a trailer, especially like there's, there's like a quartile, maybe even a full third of movies released where the person they All paid the to good edit, yeah. they, they, to edit, they're so good at it, they ruin the whole movie. Like you got What's, the introduction to the character. You got the fall. You get the rise from the fall. You right. get the girl. Ooh. And then you blow well, up the asteroid. <laughs> and it's like, why do I need to see the movie? Yeah. It starts I- off okay. It gets bad. It gets less bad. He gets the girl and the asteroid dies. I don't need anything else from this. <laughs> you know, I've, seen, I've seen some YouTube channels where they'll go and they create different styles and feels of trailers that yeah. they can make any movie look like any genre. No, 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 <laughs> no. They can make any movie look oh like God. any genre. See, I they would can make this action adventure trailers. look like a drama. They can make this, you know, horror movie look like a happy family movie or whatever. You know, it's just crazy. Anyway, okay. Oh, let's move on. Well, I'm harping on that. Be- wait, before I move on, I got one more comment here because it it has actually it's become a thing <laughs> for my wife and I. Um, again, we don't watch so we we watch a lot of bad movies. Because if you have no idea what you're getting into, some of them are just going to be bad. And we'll but you only them, watch you know, 17 uh, minutes of it, though, right? You don't watch sometimes. Yeah, we'll, we'll totally yeah. bail on it. It'll be like, wow, that's really bad, or that's not what I thought this was going to be. Nicholas Cage yeah. was in it for like two minutes, and he died in the beginning. Whatever it was, um, we we try try to watch romantic comedies at least once a year. We will try to to, to I watch one romantic last comedy. night. It was great. Finding good romantic comedies has become a trope in my life. Because you'll get it and you think like, okay, it's got the right title. It's got some actors that you might recognize. Like, they're funny people. This is going to be great. And then you get it. And it's about like everyone in the world dying of cancer. And it's not funny. And it's also not romantic because everyone's dead. And you're like, how did this get categorized as a romantic comedy? We didn't finish that one. It was pretty sad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Speaking of movies, I've been just ripped to shreds on this show because i haven't yet seen war games mm-hmm. uh kieran sheldon reached out and said hey dude let's watch it i was posting Great about idea. my daughter very doing meta some, like, party watch or whatever he said dude let's do it okay uh so if you're interested in watching war games with myself tyler said he wanted to join kieran is in russ i'm sure you want to want to uh, join several other people said they were down so let us like know hit us up on twitter thing? huh <laughs> we're doing the group watch thing yeah it's you want to nice. watch war games with with all of us Bro, whatever all of us is i i want to i want to experience you experiencing war games okay all right yes. we're gonna do it let us know it'll happen sometime before january 4th that's all i know at this point that's near term that's all i'm gonna say and we'll probably do it down. later in the evening central standard time so that way um our our guy kieran in australia is awake 
That's a good morning. Okay. So thoughtful of us. All right. Moving on. That's awesome. (laughs) We have seven minutes left. Tech news, (laughs) tech news. This has been a fun show. What else (laughs) do we have here? What is this uh, article on needing to fix America's internet? I've seen this in here a few days in a row. What is this all about? We pay twice as much as Europe for high speeds, assuming we can even get them. Where's John? Uh, Nicholson. I mean, he has very strong opinions about this. I mean, that's the we thing on the show. Yeah, I, I have seen him on the Twitters, uh, sort of with his his opinions on the matter. And it, look, there are a lot of barriers that exist just geographically, you know, in in our country that maybe aren't the same in, in some of the places that they would so compare. Yeah, we're spread so out spread out compared to some places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People so don't appreciate just how wide open the United States is if, if they haven't yeah. visited or, or it's really difficult. It's one of those, it's like extremely big numbers. It, it's until you've driven nine hours inside the state of Texas at blistering <laughs> right. speeds and seen nothing for four or five of them as you head West, you yeah. just don't appreciate how nothing <clears throat> parts of our country are. We yeah. essentially have large oceans between our major cities right yeah yeah Yeah. if you think about it from the rest of the the rest of the or from a european perspective right yeah so yeah and so here's the thing is what's amazing is like the so the person who wrote this article lives in silicon valley and is complaining about the internet okay let's let's (laughs) no no No, so there, there are things that come to play here like uh for instance they we just now are finally passing a law that makes it to where the internet service providers cannot charge you $10 a month yes. in order to rent your modem that you aren't using or have yeah. like you have your own or own outright. Like you bought so it. This yep. article, it, it spans in tons of things like that. In addition to that, the various data caps that are getting put in there, the amount that we pay for the, the less that we get, the, oh, lack, the lack of, of options in the market. Yeah. So okay. there yeah. are real problems brought up in this yeah, article yeah. that absolutely need to be fixed. And, you know, it, candidly, there's <laughs> who knows how much will be because there's one thing that gets pointed out here a lot, which is a lot of taxpayer money gets poured into programs in order aimed to like basically solve this problem, not solve it, but help it to, to help fund some of these Internet service providers to solve these problems. And they just don't do it. Like they, that's they the thing make it and don't do anything with it because they know. Yes. That they can get away with it. Yes. So, so we have we have repeatedly tried to fund efforts to bring high speed internet to rural communities, which is the predominant shift here, right? Yep. That that usually is what is being built out, and the the companies that are getting that funding regularly fail to accomplish the goal, even though they took the money. Yeah, we have mediocre standards for internet in this country. They are very low. 25 megabits per second down and 3 megabits per second up. A standard with which we changed, I think, in 2014, something like that. One in three households in this country physically cannot get that. Yeah. And and some of the ways that we've tried to fix it is stuff like municipal broadband. So treating internet service providers like utilities, which is a motion there. And in most communities, the big players have been able to successfully lobby against those efforts, basically saying that it's an unfair advantage that government has. Not saying there aren't good arguments there. There's, it's always a fine line, but they, they basically have prevented the United States from treating internet access like a utility to continue reaping the benefits of being able to monopolize in what is effectively a carved out market. 
because most of our markets don't have real competition. Mine personally not being one of those, but a lot of the nation has that problem. There's only one option in your neighborhood or your apartment complex, and the rest are either not really there or they aren't competitive or their service is awful. And it just doesn't matter because it's not worth them fighting it. So there's no competition and you get what you get. Yeah. And my dad, who lives in Allen, Texas, by the way, I'm certain both of you are familiar with it. Uh, Very highly developed. It's just north of DFW for people who don't know. It's just in a very large metroplex. His best option for internet until like earlier this year was six megabits per second DSL, which barely broke half the time. Gross. So yeah, this is not scary. just a problem in that because we're spread out. No, this is a problem for a lot of other reasons, and those reasons are the things we need to fo- focus on. I recognize okay. the challenges of getting this done, but we can't let like people be the reason why we're not trying to get through no. these challenges. Yeah. Okay, and that's and that's the, the, the motive thing on the surface feels really good, right? Like them not being able to charge you for because it's absurd that they were charging rental fees for modems you don't use. I fall in that bucket. They still have to be have their modem, but I still have to pay for that modem, right? Well not even enforcement. They will just squirrel that cost into something else. Oh yeah, they'll do something else. Somebody said that on Twitter. Yeah. 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 Because there are markets where they they don't they don't have the fee already. They don't have it. But if you want to get the top tier service as an example, you're going to pay twenty dollars extra and you have to use their modem. So it's actually arguably even worse because their modems are terrible. Yeah, that's right. Okay, we have one and a half minutes before we lose Tyler. So let me throw this at you real quick, get your your take on it. Um, The article title here on Reuters is Big Big Tech's Stealth Push Into... Oh man, I cannot talk. Let me try this again. Big Tech's Stealth Push to Influence the Biden Administration. So apparently Silicon Valley is working behind the scenes to secure role... And I hate that they say that, Silicon Valley. It, whatever. It's more than just companies based there, right? Of course. Well, well, they'll, they'll take big tech, quote unquote, and just call that Silicon Valley, even Silicon though it's Valley. maybe yeah. companies not so in Silicon Valley. Anyway, whatever. But the, the, the meat of it here, executives and employees at tech companies, such as Alphabet owned, uh, you know, Google, Amazon, um, and Facebook, sorry, that came out wrong. Alphabet does not own those. Let's say Google, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft are pushing to place candidates in senior roles at government agencies. Uh, what do y'all think of that? Any questions, concerns, thoughts? Yeah. I'm, I'm torn on this one because it depends on what they want to do. But at the end of the day, it's more money in American politics. And, and I think we've seen a lot of bad outputs. So, and we've, we've even brought it up on the show. Like you can take an entity with the best of intent today if if we allow their dollars to speak in our politics and we do so willfully because today they represent our interests well tomorrow when they don't what do you get and so it's a it's a it's a fine line yeah and i think we've seen this already ironically in the last conversation i think that there have been various people um i think most recently uh i don't know the guy's name who was the chairman of the fcc um, it was sort yeah. of presiding over a lot of the regulations around the internets and stuff. And he yeah. was formerly a lobbyist for like Verizon. Are you talking about the current one, Ajit Pai? Yeah. 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 It. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. I couldn't remember his name. Um, Ajit so like, I, I think that's, down. I, it, that, I think he, yes, he is. He like, that, that's an example. He was going to get right? stepped down anyways. Yeah. Right. 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 That, that that's was sort of his, an example he, of what we're talking about here though. Right. Like someone being yeah. put into office power, but is, you know, 
primarily, at least it would be believed that their interests are that in protecting that of the former areas that they were lobbying against. And I think that that's, that's maybe at least a semblance of what we're talking about here. And, yeah. and I think in many respects, that's not good. So that's, that's yeah. my initial thought process I, was, was this guy annoyed me and yeah. I don't want these other people to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, that, that's I, the thing is that I, I think Ajipai was pretty well vilified and I think he deserved a lot of it, especially when it came to free and open internet standards, right? Like he, he was definitely fighting against some of the things I think we as, as podcasters on this podcast actually have, have stated, right? We would prefer free and open internet. Um, He's been working against that. Seeing him pushed out probably is okay by my standard, but I don't just want another corporate representative in this. It's a government right. body. And on that yeah, note, I got a piece of Well, that's out, what I was... Guys. All right, see you, Tyler. That's, that's the exact point I was going to get at. It's kind of what you were touching on there, Russ, is I would like to know the policy of these people beforehand, right? Like, yeah. they got to where they are because they're smart, right? And they do a great job. Um, but I would really like to know the policy of what they're trying to affect and what they're trying to do. But I would I agree. It's not really my decision, <laughs> right? It's or the is it? Is this a voting decision. thing? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, uh, uh, Biden's team's decision, right? When yeah. they name, they name people, um, to, to different seats. So sure. Anyway, cool. All right. Well, that was that. I wanted to see if I could grab Tyler's opinion on that before he jumped real quick. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, there was an interesting one. It's, it's esports related. We haven't talked about it in a while. There really hasn't been a whole lot. Um, most things have, have kind of closed out for the year. We did just have the final big counter-strike event for the year. Uh, Astralis took it, um, the Danes over the Americans team liquid. So we actually had one of our first international type competitions. I say type because it was still an online competition, but basically team liquid and, and all of the other basically American organizations flew to Europe and have been living there for a lot of the year to, to work through some of these competitions. Uh, it was not a good final. Uh, we got destroyed. We, as in the Americans, um, it was not close. They, you know, we made a fight of it a little bit, but lost three Oh, so that was a little disappointing. Uh, American counter-strike is, it's not in a good spot right now as Valorant is starting to take over a little bit more of the scene. Uh, but one thing that you maybe don't know is that you see a significant amount of money in this scene, right? Like we've talked about the amount of oh, yeah. money flowing in. Yeah. I used to be blown away by it. And now I'm just kind of like, yeah, now it's just very normal. Well, this may blow you away or maybe not. I think, you know, it might be obvious to some people, but very few of the entities involved in esports, even with all this money, actually make any money. Like there's not a lot of like organizations, whether they're tournament organizers, whether they're professional teams, et cetera, that actually make money. Like they're not profitable. So a lot of them get a lot of outside money poured into them with, you know, because this is an investment space. This is a space that is growing, but not yet producing the same amount of money as you would think of, say, from sports teams. So if you look at like the way money is sort of calculated with a lot of entities, mm -hmm. or at least entertainment entities, it'll be like a cost per head. Like how much, if you have a million people view your product, yeah, yeah. how much does each person generate for that product, you as an, a company or an individual? And from an esports perspective, it is very, very low. Like esports viewers do not spend money. They'll complain right. if you play ads over it. Like there's just really? not a whole lot of money that is, yeah, there's a, they, there's not a lot of money 
going into the space by customers. The money right. that goes into the space sponsors. is primarily from sponsors and yep. or investors. And the gotcha. big, big money comes from the investors. So all that okay. stuff you see is like from people who can give you $20, $30 million. And if it goes away, they just don't even notice it. So like sure. Jerry Jones is, a, is an example of that. Yeah. Uh, well, Gfinity, which is, it, it's an organization that sort of helps run events, whether online or in person or whatever it might be. They are sort of a tournament organizer or orchestrator. They help people run different things. Hmm. Uh, they actually post that they made a profit over the course of the last couple months for the first time ever. So they, they were cash flow positive, which was a very good sign. They're, they're not guaranteeing to anyone that they are going to be cash flow positive every month, but they're just stating that in the last couple months and in a year where, you know, things can be tough for a lot of people yeah. financially, they managed to be cash flow positive, which is, which was a really, really good thing. Um, they That's did end good. up also getting a little bit more money from the sale of some stake they had in the esports award show. Uh, that was actually a pretty big chunk. It looked like, so they sold off that stuff. So it looks like they're looking to make more investments going into next year. Cause this year was pretty big for esports. but yeah, so that was just a good thing to see is that one of these tournament organizers is starting to, you know, make, you know, actually turn a profit or has a business model that seems to have some leading indicators that are actually pretty strong, which is, you know, candidly, what we're trying to figure out a lot in the space is like, where are the models coming from? And we have a few that are starting to work. So whatever Gfinity has done here, I actually don't know what it is. But then you also have some of these organizations, the way they're doing it is incredibly interesting. They're not just focused on esports. They're focused on being like lifestyle brands. So if you look at the big, big esports, the ones that actually do turn, turn in a lot of money, there's only a handful of them, like FaZe, 100 Thieves, stuff like that. They are lifestyle brands. I mean, they are stuff that like kids want to be a part of the organization. They want to wear their apparel. I mean, it, 100 Thieves cannot keep apparel in stock. Literally, wow. they never have been able to. The moment it is on the website, it is it is gone. And so that is uh, that is, it's a pretty incredible thing. And yeah, you're pulling it up on the screen here and you'll see immediately you're seeing like their hoodies and stuff that they have that they're advertising. So like the lifestyle brand side of it is actually what drives a whole lot of the revenues for them. Yeah. And then at that point in time, it's almost like the esports teams are part of an advertisement. You know? Wow. What a concept, yeah. man. Yeah, it's crazy how that's ultimately turned up inside its head. And I think this is going to be uh, the model for, for a while. I really do. I think there's franchising that's turning in to help make teams a little bit more healthy and kind of help the yeah. leagues out. Uh, but from a organization standpoint, it, the big ones, the super successful ones, and the ones that keep getting more and more money poured into them are the ones that are doing this. You think of okay. it as like a diversified okay. portfolio. So I wasn't sure. I mean, I'd heard 100 Thieves, seen it in the news, wasn't sure what it was about. So 100 Thieves is a lifestyle brand, which is what you've been saying. In a gaming organization based in LA, the organization has teams competing in several video games. So that's the, you know, what they're calling divisions, Call of Duty, Call of Duty yep. Warzone, Fortnite, League of Legends, Valorant. Okay. Huh. Yep, absolutely. And so like they, <clears throat> they have big streaming presence. Uh, FaZe runs a competition. I, I want to say it's every year, but I don't actually know how long this has been going on. Like right now they're, I think we're on the phase five or maybe we're already done, but they're trying to like, people are doing competitions for like content that they put out to try and get, I guess, membership into phase. And there was one big controversy recently about this six-year-old Warzone streamer. So it's a six-year-old who plays Call of Duty. He's, he's pretty good. He's like called what? the six-year-old phenom. Wait, what? For real? Yeah. yeah I, I actually haven't seen his stuff, but I, I know about him because there was a phase 
ironically, a phase yeah. of the phase clan uh, competition that said, make something go viral, like make something that will go viral. And uh, then there was this big article <laughs> that went viral yeah. uh, about this six-year-old kid, not because of how good he was, but because, because he's already known for being good. Uh, it, it went viral because it said he was banned from Twitch, which was faked. Be oh. parents baked it in order to make it go viral for the Jeez. competition. And it did. People. I mean, it achieved it. Now, there's a moral ground here that I think yeah. uh, FaZe is having to deal with. That's but like it's the been family very interesting. They let off like a like a weather balloon or something and then pretended that their six-year-old was was in it. Do you remember that in the news? No. And they went on like, I don't know, they were on Oprah or something, but they were on the news about this whole thing. And then in the middle of the interview, the kid exposed the fact that it was all a fake and said, uh, cause they were interviewing the kid and the kid was like, no, they told me to hide in the attic <laughs> and then it all got busted. <laughs> then. Oh, was funny. oh my gosh. That's uh, crazy. I did not dude, hear this, about that, but yeah, this whole so. world is this whole world of esports, man. Um, like you talk about it a, a decent amount of time on the podcast, but it's, I feel like it's really only scratching the surface. Of, it it uh, really is. And that's the most fascinating thing for me as someone who is, I say been involved, but like I've from a competitive level, been a part of like small organizations. Uh, they I, watching it grow over the last 20 years and then watching it grow, especially over the last five years uh, has been it's just fun. Like it's fun to watch an industry emerge. I, I, imagine if you could have been there during yeah. like the first days of the NFL. Right. That's what I was going to relate it to. And then you yeah. made a comment the other day around how like for, okay. So you say the NFL, you know, you've got like the pop Warner football. I mean, you got five, six, seven, eight year old kids, right. And then you can get into middle school and it's actually like a thing in middle school. You could play mm -hmm. high school football here in Texas and go on and play collegiate. If you're the best of the best, you go on and play in the NFL. Right? Yep. Um, but not for long, right? That's what it stands for. Not for long. Anyway, <laughs> but you, you said there's a, you said there's no real training ground for this type of stuff. Is that what something like hundred thieves does this gaming organization where they can find people and train? Uh, yeah. So that's, that's where, a good is there going to be an aspect of education? I don't know. Where do you, I think we're going to see that? a little bit of both. Uh, um, so some, so some of these organizations, they do, you know, have like farm teams and, uh, programs to to help them, you know, people, you know, especially younger people who get involved, like you may get, so let's just use Call of Duty League as an example. Some of these teams, like 100 Thieves, will have a CDL team, Call of Duty League team, so that's the top league. Uh, and then they may also have a, an amateur team that plays inside of the challengers division. And they will provide them all sorts of things. They'll provide them, you know, training for like life skills. They'll provide them training for how to eat right, how to, how to exercise and they do all sorts of stuff there. So that's, but that's still kind of higher up the stack, right? I mean, if you're an amateur level player, that's representing an organization, that's like playing in like the minors in baseball. We yeah. still don't have a good structure for leading up to the minors. And that's where some stuff is being put in and instituted. Like I said, we're, we're seeing esports programs, both education and like physical participation be put into uh, in curriculums at school, usually kind of in the high school level is where we're seeing this. Esports facilities are being built out. Like I said, that's an area that like literally we get so, involved in. So that happens one direction, one way. What about the other direction where you see the way that that lifestyle brands and organizations are being created and uh, partnerships are being developed in order to 
fund and grow these kinds of things. Do you see any of that bleeding the other way into professional, like traditional professional sports? I do. Yeah. I think you're going to see an influence um, for two reasons. One, I suspect it will be very successful, especially on the global scale because esports. one thing that it has going for it is that it is natively global. Like there's no real pushes to make it global. It just, it just is by, yeah. by happenstance. Right. Sure. Uh, and the other one is, and this is the big one. This is the really big one. And this is when you look at like the most profitable age groups, they're traditionally around 17 to 35 years old. That's like the age group that you as an industry want to make sure that you capture the attention of so that you then have them for the next 60 years as fans. So if you think of Major League Baseball right now, they would kill to have the types of viewers that Twitch gets. They would yeah. kill for it because those yeah. are in the age range of 17 to 35. That is your right. average range of a viewer there. And so the pro sports teams or pro sports leagues, traditional sports, whatever you want to call them, they are going to continue to work to try and find ways to pull those groups in. Like one way they've already started to try and do this is actually to have professional esports teams in the video game version of the sport that they play. So there's like NBA 2K. Has Wait, a, say that again? They're yeah, it's like, gonna have professional? Go ahead. They, these already exist. So think the NBA is, is probably one of the best examples. So the NBA- NBA 2K? Or yes, what's NBA, the connection 2K, NBA 2K is the game. So I'm gonna slow down for a minute. NBA 2K is the game. Then we have NBA organizations. Now imagine if there was a professional video game league for NBA 2K where the teams that play in it are the same teams that play in the normal NBA. Oh, okay. But, but yeah. you have a professional gamer inside of, say, the Mavericks organization, but plays NBA 2K against someone from the Warriors. What? Okay. That, so That exists dude. today. Are you serious? So there's somebody yes. that's like, quote, on the Dallas Mavericks basketball yes. team that doesn't actually play basketball in real life, Correct. but plays for the 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 esports team and they play against the representatives yes. for the other? Yes, I'm not even that's able to crazy. find them. Let me, let me just that's see cool. if we can pull them up real quick. Yeah, so that's the thing. And it was going on, I think, kind of during this um, the summer. So mavsgaming.nba.com. Mavs Gaming finalizes trade with Gen G. Very first headline right here for the Dallas Mavericks, for the NBA 2K G League team. Or G League team. I said G League. That's not G League. That's an actual league, by the way. People play basketball in. So they've got a bunch of different people. And here was the most interesting thing. What do me. they call this? Is this E League? Or what is this? It's called the NBA 2K. It's called NBA 2K League. Oh, 2K League. Okay. Yeah, top D League is, is like the NBA's development league. Yeah, they call that the G League now. It's oh, not, G it's not, it's not the NB, like NBDL, which is what it was yeah. years ago. Why did, they, why did they change it? Uh, I think because of a sponsorship with Gatorade. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's all about them dollar bills. It, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, so like if, the thing that's most interesting about this, and I have never, like literally never had yeah, any right, interest. Dude, Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, I have <laughs> literally never had any interest in like sports simulation video games as an eSport. They drive me crazy because there's too much in our like uh, like number generated type of stuff. So random number generators in our yeah. RNG yeah. that drives me nuts. Like if I have Ray Allen wide open for a three, that ball goes through the hoop, or I'm not playing that game anymore. 
Like <laughs> I just can't stand it. And so I don't play a lot of sports games, but the thing that caught my eye about this is that they actually will put five independent players controlling one player on the court. So the Mavs roster will have like five dudes playing it. And no, they each control. It'll be be five on five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll be five on five. They're controlling a separate person and actually playing like running through. That was interesting to me. Dude. Because that's a level of coordination I've never seen in sports games before. So yeah, that's that's the bleed over that we're starting to see. And I think we'll see more as they, you know, try things out to see where they are or are not successful. So yeah, it's real big. And it's really, really big on the uh, FIFA side because FIFA had a pretty big uh, esports following before any of this. And now I think there's like Manchester U they, they have a team and a couple other ones, you know, have teams. So yeah, it's going to more and more, this is going to happen over time. And I think it's going to happen faster than people expect. There was another question I had for you, but I've lost it now. I'll probably think of it later, but blew your mind with it. Yeah. It blew my mind too much. I was going (laughs) to, I was going to, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I remember now. All right. So, so when do you think we are already, or are we already there where we've got people like, if you look at professional sports teams, especially like the NFL here in the U S you have people Mm -hmm. who their whole identity is wrapped around, you know, the 49ers, right. Or, uh, you know, the Eagles or the Cowboys or whatever, like the saints, you know what I mean? Yep when do we get there or already are we already there? And I just don't know these people where their identity, like, you know, they have a room in their house. That's all Dallas empire or whatever. I'm, if I'm making the correct correlation, right. you did. I'm impressed. So is Hastro. Mike thinks you, um, so here's what if, you know what, what if I'm the answer is I do. So what if the answer is neither? Uh, and it here's, here's the, be. Yeah. it doesn't have to be. And here's the yeah. thing. It may be. And that's actually what some are trying to do. And I don't know if this is good or bad, and neither does the industry at this point, but let's use Dallas Empire as an example. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about why the Dallas Empire even exists. There was a Call of Duty professional league for years, for the last 15 years, prior to there being the CDL. The CDL was established explicitly to be a region-locked franchise league with the idea that like Dallas would have a team. LA would have a team, et cetera. I love this idea. Personally. Yeah. That seems even cool as to me. a, even as an endemic esports person where I, I remember the days of old and they still exist in other esports today, but most people don't follow teams or orgs. There are people that do like, I like a couple different North American orgs, but you tend to follow the thing at the time that makes sense in esports. So if you think about someone who lives in, I don't know, the middle of Montana, I don't think they have a professional sports team that I'm aware of. Well, there's only so, 12 people that live there. Well, well, there you go. Well, those 12 people may love sports, but they don't have a team associated sure. with their geography. So what do they do? They end up picking players. Maybe they pick an organization. What happens the same in, uh, excuse me, Montana has 1 million people. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, but it, ha- it happens the same. Like who, I mean, if you listen to the show and you live in Montana, please come on the show. We'd love to talk to you. I'm, I'm curious about how you view any of this kind of stuff from a sports ball perspective and an esports perspective you know do they root for um you know for lebron as a as a as a person as a human or do they sure. root for the team he plays for or do they you know i don't know but i think it's the same see, conversation there it, it is but if you think about it like this what esports has never really had is the i have a default one that i root for like you and i we root for the dallas cowboys yeah why so we grew up where are we where are we from 
Exactly. Dallas, yeah. Esports has never had that. Now we may have, we, you know, we could have, let's just say, I don't know. Let's we have the Dallas Empire. People are growing up here. Right. So that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. But, but professional sports teams were born in that model. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas esports teams have existed for over 20 years. Like Evil Genius has existed for over 20 years okay. as an endemic esports organization. Now, what if Evil Genius, who wants to bind the Call of Duty League, goes and buys the Toronto team? And you're from, yeah, you know, Dallas. That's a good point. So, like, there's a lot of things. There's way more attachment to players yeah. than there are I, to I organizations. I see. But it goes players, the- organizations, city. And so they're trying to figure out which model makes the most sense because it, yeah. it actually creates this weird problem in esports yeah. where, like, there was this thing called the green wall. You have any idea what that is? Probably not. no. But what I'm what I'm relating this to in my mind is the difference in what you get between the NBA and the NFL. Because in the NBA, there's fewer players on the you know on the court at any point, and you can yep. see their faces. Sure. Right. In the NFL, there's more players, and you can't actually see them. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's the thing is like your your primary allegiance more often so, than not. Does that make sense these, though? Like it, from the esports perspective, when you're watching it, you're actually you're seeing them. And there's fewer people. I think you're going to have more of the NBA type of a thing where people are following players rather than teams. I don't yeah, know, but I think in the it. NBA, and, and I don't actually know the numbers on this, but I'd be willing to bet the overwhelming majority of fan bases support a team based on geography. And, then, sure. they, and then they the NBA, secondarily sure. support players. Yeah. I'm, I'm that way. Yeah. So I don't even like LeBron, but I have to defend his greatness all the time because people don't understand it. So like, He's great. Who's saying he's not great? We can have a, that conversation on another show. We'll but align there, it there to There is facts, topic. though. There's, there, are, there are facts to the... I'm trying to think of how you say this, but um, just the, the, the popularity and the recognizability of an NBA player versus an NFL player mm-hmm. because yeah. of that, right? Yeah, because as, long as, as long as you don't compare it to like being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, which is disproportionately like going to make you unbelievable amounts of money. Sure. Yeah, MB, yeah, NBA That's is not what I'm, yeah. one thing that the NFL isn't. An NBA is much more like an esport in that it is very yeah. global. They have been very intent on making the game global. Yeah. Right. And so that helps with those individual player brands a lot too. But the esports is like that. So like esports follows players more often than not. But there is an effort going on right now to see about doing the geographically sort of locked, you know, this is your team, et cetera. So there's a mm-hmm. little bit of both. But right now, so much of that is built on the player itself specifically that it becomes way more difficult to make your life about a specific team. I gotcha. Or, or brand. So, but I do think that people are getting there. Cause we see people with hundred T tattoos. We see people with, um, Navi tattoos. Like people will do that stuff and wow, they have yeah. for a long time. So, well, people with tattoos are special kind of people. Anyway, it's a joke. Very, because I have a tattoo. very committed, very committed. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, and I, I would like to get another one. Um, so what about the, the people in within that geography? So say Dallas Empire, do mm-hmm. the players for Empire only live in Dallas? And if they recruit a player, do they have to move to Dallas? Are that depends always, on the organization. Next to each other yeah, so your specific question is yes. So for okay. Dallas, uh, Hastro, Mike, Rafael, he does have them move to Dallas. They have a facility here. It's actually in the same, it's in like Victory Park. So it's at the facility that is attached to American Airlines Center is where yeah. the home bases for the Dallas empire. So there are players, they, that they office there, they play there, they practice there. Um, they meet with, uh, 
Rambo Ray there, their, their coach. Yeah. So they, a lot of them do And hundred T actually. Um, so Nade shot, who's the, the guy who owns hundred T he's actually huge on this. He actually just dropped out of an esport because he couldn't keep his team in LA. Like he so badly wants his teams in North America and specifically in LA that he's like, I have to get out of counter-strike because the best place for these players is to be in Europe. Mm. And I do not want my team in Europe. I want my team at our facility and this is where I want us to be. And so it's just a big aspect because of all the other stuff they do. Whereas there's other teams that are all over the world that facilitate teams all over the rest of the world. I mean, that's yeah. just very common in esports to have a North American organization that has five European players or to have a team in Korea or whatever it might be. And, and by the way, Hastro has done that for years. Um, he's an endemic uh, esports owner. He's fielded teams from all over the majority of his players on actually, I'm pretty sure all of his players for the most part on, I don't know what Hastro is. There's a lot of things that you've said that I've tried to Google here. When I, when I Google Hastro, I get Hastro, Hastro, Hastro is is the name of Mike Raphael. That's his tag. So the owner of, uh, Dallas empire or team envy team envy, which is Hastro with a zero. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm such a noob with this. Okay. Yep. So awesome. Team Envy owns Dallas Empire and Dallas Fuel. So let me let me say it this way then. Mm-hmm. If I had a billion dollars and I wanted to go invest in esports today because I know that it's going to be a growing thing, what do I do? Do I There's start not a, a good team? Do, do I invest in a team? Do I sponsor a team? Do I what do I do, man? That's a great question. So there's no like way to to invest easily. So you'd have really one of two options. Either one, you'd you'd want to contact one of these people who runs an organization today. You try to create one? I mean, what would you do? What would Russ do if he had a yeah. billion, two billion, whatever? Money's that's no what object. I'm, that's what would I'm going to go create a lifestyle to. branding and try to get to, yeah. If I had unlimited money, if I had a billion dollars to my name, 100% guaranteed what I would do is build an esports organization. Like that's the dream. What so, but it? it's also that because there is now sort of a successful formula, Mm-hmm. for being able to do this. I think there's actual more opportunity for people to come in and, and actually get a return. So your, your two options, either one, build it yourself or invest in one of the current ones, but there's no investment vehicle like going and buying their stock. Like you literally go to them and you negotiate the terms of an investment and sort of an equity structure of what you would do. So if I had a billion dollars, <throat> Mark Cuban, um, I would probably find a way to uh to go put some money in there or to put it directly into me to to build it for you so mark if you're you're listening which i assume you probably are um go ahead send it my way we'll work something out so how do i start watching this stuff without my wife making fun of me how do i get into it first of all um, do i have to give up watching football the Football's people my thing no you don't have to give you don't have to give up watching football. First of all, the people who make fun of you are actually the people who are insecure. So don't worry about the people making fun okay. of them. Okay. That's this is this is this is what's up. Like okay. this is okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you can tell her I said it. Um, it's uh please don't tell her I'm scared. <laughs> the, the best way to watch it, the best way to track this stuff, I'm telling yeah. you, um, and I'm not saying this because I am an investor in their platform, um, but I will disclose that is uh, juked.gg. So that they do just a very, very good job of tracking everything that is out there going on right now. Um, anything that's coming up from a scheduling perspective. Oh, they've raised over a million dollars. For this open platform. cups, championships that are going on. 
Okay. So yeah. So J U K E D dot G G not sponsored. Yep. Not sponsored. Okay. Um, but I will say, so the way that I've done it is, is over the years, I have my I Twitch like events. Oh, this is cool, um, man. I'm sorry. Great, dude. The work just, they're doing is phenomenal. Yeah. So you can come in here and you can see, uh, featured events coming up. What the, what the purse is, right. What the, what the total prize money is. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. I, I have high hopes for this platform because a lot of different platforms have tried to do this and they just haven't succeeded. It's just very difficult to aggregate the data. Like if you want to go look at who's going to play next for an NFL game, you have like 500 different options to do it. It's very difficult to find that for esports. And there's, there used to be some good ones, um, but a lot of them have gotten out. So Juked is kind of the, the next wave of that kind of getting it. And you can even get some... Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, boy. I don't know if you could hear that. I hit play on the top thing because there's 8,000 people waiting to watch it and it starts <laughs> in a minute. And and these people will interact with each other during the stream. Sometimes they'll have like games and stuff you can play like with brackets and this stuff. So there's a lot of different things you can do. But the way that I do it, because I, I view esports very similar to the way I, tr- I view traditional sports, meaning they are on my TV. I will physically sit down to watch them or I'll have them on just kind of during the day when I'm walking around the house. So this is a good one to know when things are coming on. But if you're turning on, say, whatever this event is, you could go to their Twitch page and you could follow them on Twitch. And so anytime you open your Twitch app, it would be kind of like your YouTube TV, like your most viewed thing. Yeah, I got you. I got you. There, Let me ask and you. then I watch them that way. Let me ask you another question. And I'm sure, I don't know if we're losing listeners at this point, but I'm super curious no, about it and I don't care. We're gaining listeners at this point. <laughs> People are jumping in mid episode. Um, are there people, so having, so when you talk about Call of Duty, you played Call of Duty, right? Yep. You understand the maps, you understand the, the difficulty of all these different kinds of things. Yep. Do you, do you think the, the, the watchers are people that play the game? Do you think it appeals to people who don't play the game, who have never played the game? You know what I mean? Like I know I a do. lot of people that are NFL fans that have never played football. Yep. Does that translate yeah. to esports? It does. There's there are statistics on this, and who knows if they're accurate, but there have been surveys and stuff done. And the answer is about 40% of viewers do not play the game. So still the majority are playing them. Yeah. One thing that I do think is, and, and don't get me wrong, this is difficult in traditional sports as well. Like no one knows how difficult it is to get off a real quick three with a guy who's standing two and a half feet in front of you. Like they don't wreck it. It's very difficult to feel the same way it feels if you're the person who does it. And so if you don't have it, that frame of reference is long lost regardless. But I would say that it's even harder in esports because in esports, there is this assumption that does not exist in traditional sports, but is wrong. The assumption in esports is, is that because it's a video game, anyone can do it. Yeah. And that is not the case. And, and there are very, very wide skill gaps in these games between the best players and the worst players. Call of Duty is actually not a good example of that. But like Counter-Strike in particular is a massive one. And so there's just little things that you wouldn't know. Like for instance, if well, you're... They should do... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. You're fine. Well, they, they, sh- they should... So every time the Olympics comes around, people joke around... Uh, people joke about putting an average Joe out there to run the 100 meter versus uh, Bolt. Right. Yeah. So to have some sort of perspective, like maybe well, somebody that's averagely fit and averagely fast, just to watch them get absolutely blistered. Right. It's it's Is a great concept here where they take like a they take a top tier team and you know put put them up against the average like dad gamer. Right. There there actually is one, and it's it's even more. 
hilarious because it actually is in Call of Duty. And Call of Duty, like I said, is a game where the skill gap is actually not nearly as wide as some of these more traditional esports like Counter-Strike. I mean, it's just not close. Um, and so what they did there was they, they have these people called pub stompers. Have you ever heard the term? It's basically guys who go play in non-competitive environments but they're really, really good. Like when you and I play Halo and I drop 30 sniper kills out of the 50 when we're playing Halo, I'm sure. pub stomping against a bunch yeah, of guys yeah. who don't take it serious. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the guys. pool hall, right? You go yeah. you go to a bar and yeah, you pretend like you're not any good and you take their money and then you never 100%. come back to that that pool hall again. 100%. And, and this is a this similar is argument. I've never done that. <laughs> similar argument you would make if you were like, well, couldn't the best college football team beat the worst uh, NFL team? The answer is no. no. <laughs> but like, no. people don't recognize close. that. And so here, here's what happened a few years ago. And there's a YouTube video of it. It's hilarious. I've watched it like 500 times. The They got a crew of like the best pub stompers. I'm talking like people who make YouTube videos for a living crushing people. Mm -hmm. on games like call of duty and some of them were talking a little bit of mess and they were like look man pro gamers like whatever we could play with them we're just as good etc etc so there was a challenge they're like really you guys want to do that let's go ahead and let's go ahead and lay this down so in black ops 2 i think that was 2012 uh they got a group of four of like the top players in like the pub community pub stompers and then they played uh, it, I don't think it was actually a full team. It was just four professional players playing the game the way that you would play it at the professional level. So they didn't sure. even necessarily play against like Team Envy or Complexity, who was the best team of the, at that time and, and maybe of all time. And so they played a game called Hardpoint, which is one of the more competitive game modes. Uh, and it's basically King of the Hill, 250 points is the way it goes down. So you yeah. get that, uh, once you get 250, the game ends. How bad did they beat him? 250 to like 12. Oh my gosh! I mean, it, and it, I mean, and they yeah, were so laughing. Insane. They were yeah. laughing during it, like they were like falling out of their chairs about how bad these people were. And these wow. are the best of the best people from like just playing the normal game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so That's that was crazy. like it was it was actually really eye opening even for me because I yeah. always viewed Call of Duty as this game. I was like, ah, but. You know, it, the best player versus the worst player, the worst player is going to get a couple licks in. Whereas in Counter-Strike, that will literally never happen. Like, the best team will win 100% of the time. In Call of Duty, I always felt like because the skill gap's not quite the same, uh, you, you might be able to get a couple in. And it, it was just proven completely false, even as someone who was very close to the scene. So th- that is exactly what would happen if the worst NFL team played the mm. best college yeah. team like these reminds me of when your boys over at uh your boys at dude perfect i think they went like 3v1 against serena williams or something and she just smoked them yeah (laughs) (laughs) she was like pegging them in the chest with the the tennis ball they're dying on the sounds about right sorry tyler and garrett but that was never going to work out well for you Um, all right we gotta shut this down exactly it yeah we do i gotta i gotta get going too that's right thank you for, for the education Reach out with the esports questions. I'd love to have these conversations. I, I, I'm going to get Mike on the podcast one day. Um, somehow. I don't know. He let's do know it. Me, but we're going to make it happen. We have the same no, AB guys, so we're like besties. Let's All right. Cool. And since Tyler's not here, I guess I'll shut it down. That'll do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. Uh, once again, uh, anything that you guys can do whenever you're going through these episodes, like it, smash the like button, rate the podcast, tweet it out. All of these things Share with your us. friends. 
Share it with your friends. If you are supporting us on Patreon, it's incredible. I can't believe that people actually do that. We love you. Thank you for that. Uh, and until next time, uh, which I think it should be it's appropriate right now, this is going to be our only episode maybe of this week, or at least the only one I'm going to be on. There may be yeah, I think so. Guys. Maybe. But We're I debating about one be, on Wednesday. Yeah, This may be our only one for this week, and if it is, uh, we'll, we'll see y'all next week. Later.